Well, all I want to do is show you some texts that show you very clearly that the Gospel of Matthew is about Jesus' saving work on the cross. And as we study Matthew, the hope is that this will stick in your mind uh, every time you read a parable or when you read the narratives. Like, they're all pointing back to the saving power over sin that Christ gives us. Welcome back, Life Group Leaders, to another episode of the Life Group Leader Podcast. You know, we were just with them like five minutes ago. I know, but it's fun saying it this it way. It's good to see you guys again. Hi. We loved our Life Group Leader meeting with you guys. We literally recorded this like two minutes after we saw you. And some of you guys who weren't there because you're out of town are sick. We love you. We miss you. And we can't wait to have you back. And welcome back. And welcome back. Because I'm Pastor Evan. And I'm Pastor Hayden. Just in case you didn't know. Well, here at Compass Bible Church, we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ by reaching people for Christ, teaching people to be like Christ, and training people to serve Christ. And everything that we do here from this podcast to the life groups that you lead is to fulfill that mission to reach, teach, and train. Well, Pastor Hayden, my job is very easy because I have no Bible to read. Otherwise, I can actually read the whole Gospel of Matthew if you really want me to. But we had a special sermon, one of these sermons that will probably happen every once seven years or so, <laughs> where we introduced the Gospel of Matthew, where you kind of did a really good job doing a sermon lecture, lecture sermon that was really blended that I believe our people really enjoyed. So um, what was the main focus as, as life group leaders remind us, what was the main focus of this whole introduction to Matthew? Well, that's exactly what it was. It was an introduction to the gospel of Matthew. And the goal of this was to do exactly what Matthew would hope that we would do is to understand how the gospel of Matthew shows the fulfillment of God's promises through the life, death, resurrection, and future reign of Jesus Christ, who has come to save you from the penalty of your sins and to initiate the arrival of the kingdom of God. And that's the whole idea of Matthew. And uh, so that was, yeah, that was the sermon focus. And just to kind of have in our, uh, our back pocket as life group leaders, kind of maybe test our life groups, You in your sermon you mentioned the one purpose of Matthew is this. Yeah, when we look at the text of Matthew, we need to understand that the entire purpose is that Jesus came to save people from their sins. We see it all throughout Scripture. Uh, chapter 1, verse 21, uh, John the Baptist ministry there in chapter 3, verse 6. Jesus' authority to forgive sin in chapter 9, verses 1 through 8, and at the end, during the Lord's Supper, chapter 26, verse 28. All right, and Pastor Hayden, this is going to be kind of a unique podcast. I'm going to go through my sermon notes so that you can help us be prepared to lead our life groups. Right off the bat, you didn't even read the Gospel of Matthew. You talked about the Gospel, what mm-hmm. meaning it means. So can you remind us the whole Hebrew context and pagan context so that what we need to know to lead our life groups well this week? Yeah, there were two... Uh, what I would say angles in which the word uh, evangelion was uh, was used back in ancient times. The first was an Old Testament Jewish background context uh, that uh, God, the God of Israel, Yahweh, uh, is bringing the good news of defeating enemies, ending the exile of his people, and establishing his reign. And that was a, a promise that, although it was fulfilled in different degrees throughout the Old Testament, was a, a promise yet to be fulfilled uh, in its entirety, even throughout the intertestamental time and either even in the first century when Israel was still being ruled by an uh, uh, alien country, if you will. 
Uh, and so they were still waiting on that to happen. Uh, and even in a uh, the culture background of those who were not Jewish, this word was still used uh, for rulers and armies who would win a victory. They would have a messenger who would go and give the Evangelion, the good news of uh, victory being announced to their city and to their country. And this term was also used uh, for uh, the birth uh, or rise of a new king. And so that was the good news being announced at the arrival and the rise of a, of a new king. This happened a lot during the Roman time uh, when a new king was announced or in succession of, they would pronounce the good news. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. And you have to have both of these meanings uh, in view when you're reading uh, the term gospel in its biblical framework. All right. Well, Pastor Hayden, point number one, you put down for us to identify that Jesus is the promised solution. What do we need to know as life group leaders as we prepare to lead our life group uh, life groups this week to remember in that point? Yeah, what you can't get too far from the gospel. That is the good news of Jesus Christ who came to uh, take our sins and put them on him and for all those who would turn and trust in him. I mean, that is really the goal of Matthew. And I get it. When you sit in there and you listen to that whole sermon, it seemed very intellectual. It seemed very heady. It seemed very, uh, uh, very uh, pregnant with literature and movements and themes. But really, those things are important to know. But you can't know those things apart from the fact that the book of Matthew is just telling us that Jesus came to fulfill the promises of God, um, God in the flesh. So that's really what you need to know. Just keep rem- reminding people, hey, this is why the book was written, that Jesus was shown to be the promised solution. All right, and in point number two, it was know how to have a relationship with God. And for our life groups uh, this week, given it is a very academic-feeling sermon... I actually changed that point to know how to walk with God. Ooh. I like that one better. Know how to walk with God. All right, with that point, what do we yes. need to know? Uh, really, like I said in the sermon, you need to view Matthew as a manual on how to walk with God. Uh, we see it in the... Uh, Sermon on the Mount, we see it as uh, Jesus is walking day to day with the disciples, that really the whole book is just teaching you and I how to follow Christ and and what it looks like to live uh, in the kingdom of God, even in the context of the ecclesia, the church. So, I mean, that's it. And we're just going to learn throughout the whole gospel of Matthew, that this is what it means to walk with God. Here's how we um, here's how we get rid of our own desire to follow ourselves. And here's the things that it takes to follow God and, and how he's really taught us and shown us uh, what it looks like to live for the Lord. And another question to you within point number two, you mentioned uh, the only way that we're able to walk with God is if God first walks with us. Why is mm-hmm. that important for us to remember as we communicate this to our life. That's a really good question. And here's the easy answer. Uh, Without God walking with us in Christ, you are a Pharisee and Sadducee at best, right? And that is exactly the situation, right? God was not walking with them yet. They had all this information and they had the laws of Moses, uh, but yet there was no heart change and there was no life truly after the heart of God. It was just a bunch of rule keeping and a bunch of law keeping. And that was at best what they could do. And so if, when, when God's not walking with us, the best we can do is try to have our own righteousness. When God walks with us, that's where life change and heart change, and that's where the real spiritual change comes into our life, that we can be righteous in Christ uh, because uh, he first loved us, he first walked with us, 
He drew us to himself. We just responded to the offer of, of grace and the unmerited favor of God in our lives. And why will that be very important for our life groups to remember that? Uh, well, I mean, really, again, I mean, there's people who could just think that they know it all, but not have God with them, right? God with us. Like the, the whole uh, view of Matthew is this idea that you have Christ, you have Jesus. So if you have all this knowledge, but don't have Christ, you still have nothing. And so knowing how to walk with God has everything to do with the Christ walked with us. And uh, we have the promise that he's never going to leave us, never going to forsake us. We have the promise that if we have the spirit in us, he's going to conform us to the image of Christ. And so no amount of information apart from the work of the spirit is going to get you those things. Only the fact that Christ is in us and that we are walking with God is going to give us the transformation of the spirit that we desire to have. All right, then now moving on to point number three is to deal with the here and now while focusing on the kingdom of God. You didn't update that one, did you? Nope. Okay, good. All right, well, before we kind of jump into that, I I think this is a helpful thing to remember as life group leaders. What was the basic definition, or to remind us of the basic definition of what that means? Yeah, the kingdom of God is just simply God's reign over creation. Uh, and there's a lot to get into with that. You ask the questions, well, isn't this now God's kingdom? It's like, uh, in a sense, in the already, yes, I mean, the, the church is, but the world is not the kingdom of God. As scripture has something completely different to say what the world is. We Right now, we call it, the reign, it's reigned by Satan. It's the kingdom of the earth. It's the kingdom of the enemy. And so, in a lot of ways, yet yeah, this is not the kingdom of God, although that, yes, in effect, God's sovereignty is over creation, but his reign and his rule is in the already in the church, but in the not yet, that he is not uh, visibly reigning over creation in the way that he will in the not yet portion of his kingdom. And it kind of ties into another um Part of point number three uh, was that you mentioned how we are a fragrance of the kingdom to come and how for those who are saved will be a fragrance from of life to life. And those who are not going to be Christians, those, those who, who are perishing, those yeah. who are perishing. Thank you. Those who are perishing are fragrance be, of death to death from death yep. to death. And so with that, I can see our life groups getting into the weeds of things and even talking about the doctrine of election and double predestination. But Mm -hmm. what is the focus you want us to keep us focused on in this point as life group leaders? So when the weeds pop up, not to say we shouldn't talk about election Mm -hmm. and the doctrine of of grace and all that, but for this purpose of this point, how can we keep our life groups focused on this point. Yes, the kingdom of God is all about God's reign over creation. So in effect, whatever it is, including our evangelism, according to the grace and effectual calling of God, all those things are to do this, to show God's reign over creation and to announce and proclaim to the whole world a testimony to all nations. So, I mean, you can talk about those kinds of things that you were bringing up about evangelism, but the point is that we're talking about the testimony of the gospel of the kingdom uh, being given to all nations. And so you're, you, you, are getting, you can get in the weeds, but the point of this is simply this, that the testimony of the kingdom of God is going to be pronounced to all nations. And in that sense, we are the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ everywhere from those who are being saved from life to life and for those who are perishing from death to death. And so the whole point is the fact that we're here to proclaim the testimony of the, king, of the kingdom of God. And so what can we do to or what should we challenge our life groups with under this point? 
Uh, it's everything about your life ought to be a testimony of the gospel of the kingdom. And I just over and over again, I just can't harp on this enough that anything that your life has or is pursuing that does not share the testimony of the gospel of the kingdom uh, should be should be done with in your life. And I mean that. And I know that we all have things that we pursue that aren't that may not be directly attached to the gospel of the kingdom, but that would be my challenge is, okay, well, then why are we doing it? Because that's the most important thing uh, to Christ is he said, I'm here to announce the kingdom. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, Matthew 4, 7. I mean, the whole point of, uh, of the universe and the world is proclaiming God's reign. And so if you're doing something in your life that is not proclaiming God's reign, then that would be something that we set aside for the gospel of the kingdom for Christ, for our relationship with the Lord, for our affections for him. All right. Well, now shifting gears, I want to talk about the application questions that you you came up with. And since we did our training earlier and have that room in the within the mm-hmm. podcast episode, I kind of like to tackle questions two, three, and four and just kind of give, give us some insight in the direction okay. that we can go with these questions as we lead the life groups. And so for question number two, you talk about how Jesus is fulfilling the Old Testament. And so what do we need to know about this question, but also how can we lead our life groups well in this question? Yeah, this question could be hard if you have a lot of people in your group who are, who are not familiar or versed in the Old Testament, but that's okay even if they are not, because what you're seeing here is a question that, that asks, how does the Old Testament fulfillment and all these prophecies undergird your faith with confidence. Well, I give you some content. 55 times you see the Old Testament referenced in Matthew. 12 times you see uh, the Old Testament prophets fulfilled in the life of Christ explicitly. That's not even all the implicit uh, fulfillment of the prophets in the Gospel of Matthew. So it's easy to see, like, wow, uh, I don't f- I don't fulfill one prophecy of the Old Testament. And Jesus, just in the Gospel of Matthew alone, f- fulfills 12 specifically. And so, man, there is your question. How does those facts really give you faith and your confidence in Christ as the Son of God, the Christ? All right. Well, in point on point number three, <laughs> question number three, you talk about the purpose of Jesus's earthly ministry with the, the text that you give us. And why do you want us and why do you want our life groups to remember that one of the central themes is the forgiveness of sins? Well, so, yeah, and I don't want mean to correct you over uh, uh, podcast, but that's the thing. It's not just a theme. It's the purpose. Right. And we talk about it as a theme, but that can be the problem is that it's one among many. And, and the point of it is it's not a theme among many themes. It's the purpose of the whole gospel. And what you just said is exactly what we want our people to understand is that it's the, and I, I did say central theme there. Is your words, not mine. Yeah, central theme. But the central is, is the key word, central, that it is the number one reason the Gospel of Matthew exists is to show the world that we have forgiveness of sin through Christ. And so what do we need to do in this question to make sure our, our group is going the direction it needs to go? Yeah, uh, really just look at the text. <laughs> you know, look at the text that we have on there. What do these scriptures explain as the purpose of Jesus' earthly ministry? I mean, we're not trying to get you to look at those questions to give you a little, uh, you know, to give you just, I don't know, to try to sway you to believe something else about the gospel. All I want to do is show you some texts that show you very clearly that the gospel of Matthew is about Jesus' saving work on the cross. And as we study Matthew, the hope is that this will stick in your mind uh, every time you read a parable or when you read the narratives, like they're all pointing back to the saving power of, 
over sin that Christ gives us. And that is going to be helpful reminder. Like for example, when Jesus is calming the storm, it's it is tied to the forgiveness of sins. How? Well, because mm-hmm. He is the God of the universe that can right. actually forgive sins. So it is going to be vitally important to remember as we spend the next weeks, months, and years in the Gospel of Matthew to remember this is the purpose of Matthew, you know, putting ink to paper to communicate. And for God to communicate to us the forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ. So this is really important because without this, you're going to totally mess up the gospel of Matthew the entire time. Yep. All right. In question number four, talking about the kingdom of God, um, I love the part about the very last question within the question. What can you do this week to ensure that your heart, mind, and hands are staying focused on the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of earth? Can you give some practical examples so that as life group leaders, we can have some ready on hand? Yeah, I mean, what you need to do is just be looking at the practical things you're doing every week and do they uh, pursue the kingdom of God? I mean, I just over and over again, it's just, hey, what are you doing? I mean, I get that everyone's I don't I don't even want to give space for exceptions. Like I get you want to go play golf. Great. Go do recreation. But it needs to be in the context. Okay, I am I'm doing some recreation today to be productive as I'm resting if it's if you want to call it a Sabbath rest, and I don't like even all that, I don't want to I don't want to muddy your mind about thinking about well, can I play golf on the Sabbath? Okay, okay, Pharisee, can you? Uh, the point about that is just this. Okay, I get that you're all going to recreate, but as you're recreating in the context of preparing yourself for kingdom work all week long, that's what I'm saying. Or is your whole week preparing you to do your own thing and recreate every single day in your own way or work? so that you can have money to recreate your own way? Or is all of that moving towards your pursuit of the kingdom of God? Did that make sense? And I know that's pretty straightforward, and it, and it should be, because it's straightforward in Scripture. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And it doesn't, even that, it's not secondly, then seek your own self. It's first, seek the kingdom of his righteousness, and the things that you need will be provided for you in Christ, but the focus is, is always the kingdom. And so anything that you're not doing that isn't focused on the kingdom should be something that we're not participating in anymore. All right. Well, Life Group leaders, I hope you feel prepared and equipped, but we have some, this is kind of an unusual podcast, we have some really in-depth resources for you to even purchase either our bookstore or online to have with you as we study this the Gospel of Matthew together. So, Pastor Hayden, what is what are some of the commentaries that you have really enjoyed as you've been preparing the sermon? So, I'm actually using all of these resources pretty regularly uh, in my study. The first one is one we're selling in our bookstore that we just sold out that we should be getting more is an introductory commentary uh, by R.T. France on the, the Gospel of Matthew. It's the TNTC, the Tyndale New Testament Commentary. So, that's a good one. Uh, the Expositor's Bible Commentary by D.A. Carson is, is a really, really good one. And one that I like, big, thick volume, is the Commentary on the New Testament's Use of the Old Testament, one I'm using and can't wait to get into. You have another one that you like a lot that I also use, but I haven't used it as much. Hey, I use all three of those in my own personal study of Matthew, but one that's a general of the whole Bible is the Bible Knowledge Commentary. That is the the Old Testament. They have a, a book for the entire Old Testament and another book for the entire New Testament. I highly recommend buying both because it is actually very helpful, even though it's an overview, very helpful and basic resource to get started to actually recommend uh, for people within your life group. There you go. All right, church. Well, we are 
church as in church life group leaders. Uh, we are on announcements. We have a few announcements. We really want you guys to uh, share. I was even telling you guys this in your life group leader meeting. We we need you to share these things because this is how people really know what next step they ought to take. Uh, the first announcement is we have baptisms on September 18th, and they need to sign up for that so they meet with us and they get some resources that will help them uh, traverse uh, baptism and walking in trust and faith in Christ uh, through believers' baptism. So please announce this to your group. Take some time to give them a rationale of why they should be doing baptism. Uh, Compass Midweek, uh, Wednesday nights, we have life groups, students, and kids all on campus. Uh, Just a reminder to let people know as as they see an opportunity to kind of get all of their family involved at one time. I just think that's a good offer that we have uh, to equip people. We also have a men's breakfast on uh, September the 10th at 9 a.m. on Loving God wholeheartedly. I think that'll be a really great opportunity for the men to both fellowship and sit under the teaching of God's Word uh, on September the 10th. And finally, we have our student parent night on September the 18th from 6 to 8 p.m. We have dinner provided. This is an opportunity for parents to know what's going on for the next 6 to 12 months here at Compass Students, an opportunity for them to engage with the life group leaders uh, and to know uh, what's going on and to build some fellowship in the student ministry from the parent uh, leader perspective. It would be a great opportunity. Uh, You don't have to sign up for that, but we would love for all the parents of students to be there on September 18th at 6 o'clock here at the church. All right, guys, we want to encourage you as life group leaders to equip your uh, life group to go out this week to to know how they can apply the gospel of Matthew uh, and know how they can live for the kingdom of God even in the here and now. And we'll see you guys soon. Mm -hmm.